Hey, good morning, Crestview family. Oh, thank you for coming to worship with us today. Glad to have you with us. Oh, I'm sure the preacher's excited. He's got a, he built a whole row up. That's a pretty exciting day right there. Setting the example. Look at there. He's setting the example. He built a whole row up. Uh, glad to have everyone with us today. If you're a visitor with us for the first time, we'd love to get to know a little bit more about you. Uh, guy in the green shirt, I think he's a visitor. I ain't seen him. I'm just kidding. It's been a while. Glad to have Jonathan with us. And uh, If you're a visitor, though, we'd love to uh, get to know a little bit more about you. There's some cards in the pews. If you could fill one of those out and drop it in the offering plate, just so we could get to know you. Uh, quite a few things going on. Don't forget, this week, our, uh, Bible, our Bible studies on Wednesday night, our Youth and children down in the building, adult Bible study here in the sanctuary. Um, Saturday morning is our um, breakfast. First Saturday of the month rolls around real quick. Uh, so if you could come out and help for breakfast, or you're going to come out and eat breakfast, that's good. We'd love to have you. Um, I've got a lot of things coming up with the youth and children this month. Well, I thought I said not a lot of things, but quite a few things. Um, Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, we will begin Christmas play practice. I'm excited about that. Um, 5.30, and then from 5.30 to 6.15, we will get in there, and it will be, we will just, we will just go as quick as we can and get all, and, and get as, and it will be nonstop. We're going to be getting as much practice as we can done in 45 minutes at 6.15. Uh, going to be a light meal in the fellowship hall so uh, and I say light meal it'll fill you up but you're still gonna probably have to go home and eat a snack later so um, so I think we're gonna have uh, some just chicken nuggets and french fries um, this first week so um, just keep that in mind uh, October the 7th on a, is on a Wednesday night um, we are going to the youth are going to take off after we get after we eat, and we're going to head to Hope Community Church for an FCA event called Fields of Faith. Uh, that's from seven to eight thirty on October the eleventh, and that'll get put us back here at the church around eight forty-five that day. But I'll be talking to parents a little bit more about it as we get close. Um, October the twenty-first is on a Saturday. We are going to support Calvary in Bowling Springs. They're having a community. Uh, worship rally for youth and college age kids um, at 5.30 that day, and I'll give you more information closer to that. Uh, don't forget about our fall festival coming up at the end of the month. Uh, like I told you last week, it's going to be run a little bit different this year. It's going to be three hours. Trunk or treat's going to be an hour from six to seven, and I'm going to have a festival type thing set up with some games and uh, some different activities and stuff going on, and it, uh, so it's a good opportunity for outreach. So if you want to come help that, help with that, uh, we just talk to me. I'll sign you up. We're gonna we're gonna uh, feed the community that day. We're gonna have some hot dogs and potato chips and different snacks out. And so I'll be need people for serving food. I'm gonna have youth running games and things like that. And uh, so it'll be a good opportunity. And then the thing that we started talking about this this morning, a good bit in Sunday school, getting some things nailed down. And uh, October the 29th, it, the youth are taking over. 
uh, Artie gets the day off, and the youth are going to take over the worship service. So I am excited about that, and I hope you guys are too. I don't know that I have any more announcements unless WMU or Miss Sander has something. After that, I'm going to turn it over to Preacher Artie for pastoral prayer. Just wanted to excite you and let you know our goal for the North Carolina missions was $2,000 from our church. This morning, we have to the penny exactly $2,000. Thank you, church. Thank you, church. And I would also like to meet with the senior citizens down here right after church. We're going to plan a trip to the mountains to get some apples and to go out and eat a couple of times that day. So if you'll meet, we'll try to work out the best plan for us. Good morning. It is great to see everybody here this morning. Yes, we do um, have a pew full today, and it is great to have them all here with us. Um, if you don't know, our family, is a, as of this past Sunday, is going to expand even more. Jonathan um, asked his girlfriend to be his wife, and so within the next year or so, I guess, we'll be getting a... Uh, a, a new daughter, and uh, we're excited about that, but then also uh, our daughter Leanne is expecting her first child in February, so they're all up here to celebrate, or down here, wherever they're coming, east, west, north, south, they came to, to join us today to celebrate uh, with Leanne, so we're excited that they're here, but we are excited that you are here this morning with us. We hope that you are able, if you're visiting with us, we want to say welcome, we hope you feel at home, but if you would please join me as we begin our time of worship together in prayer. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you. Dear Lord, we are gathered here today in your name because of your Son, Jesus Christ. And dear Lord, I hope and I pray that just for this short hour that you'll take all the busyness of the day, all the the things that we have planned and you will put them out of our minds so that we can fully concentrate on you. Dear Lord, you are the one that deserves worship. And that's why we're here this morning. Dear Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit move among your people today, that you fill this place, that as in the early church, that you shake us to our foundation. And dear Lord, may the gospel be proclaimed today in everything that we do. Dear Lord, be with the choir today and Sandra as they lead us in worship. Be with Chad and, and the adults that work with the children as, as they minister to them today and as Chad speaks to them. And dear Lord, and I ask that you speak through me today as I open your word and share your word. And dear Lord, above all, we give you the honor and glory and praise for everything. Have your way with us today. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our living Savior, we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we sing our call to worship? 
How Great Thou Art. We will sing the first and the last verses, page 10. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the privilege that we have to give to you. 
We give back just a small portion of what you have blessed us with. We thank you for being our giver, our supplier, our provider. And Lord, I ask now that you bless this gift and the giver. For it is your holy name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Would you stand again as we sing our hymn of praise, 192. Soon and very soon, we'll sing the first and second verses, 192. <clears throat> Chad's going to have our children's moments. Ah, good morning, guys. Sorry about that. Getting a little late getting up here. How's everybody doing today? Good. I am glad to see you guys. It is. Who in here watches... Football. Anybody here watch football? Charlie watches football. Who out there watches football? All right, we're going to try something. On the count, I said we're going we're gonna to see if we can all say the same thing at the same time. On the count of three, I want everybody to say their favorite football team, okay? And I have a feeling it's going to be all the same. One, two, three. Football. Whoa! You mean to tell me that we don't all like the same football team? All right, so what if I were to stand up and say that I was a Duke fan? Oh, man. How many people are going to, how many people are going to give me bad, dirty looks and tell me I'm awful, I'm an awful Duke fan? <laughs> he will, and I guarantee you I know why, because I bet he's a Tar Heel fan. Oh, my goodness. Well, guess what? You can go to the store, you can go to school, you can go to the fair today, any given time, and you can see hundreds and hundreds of people wearing their favorite football team, t talking about their favorite football team, posting on Facebook about their favorite football team. And it's all different. But they get behind it and they want to stand up for their favorite football team. They'll even argue with somebody about it. All right, and so we're not afraid to argue about our, hold on, hold on one minute, you asked me, out in the building. We're not afraid to argue with somebody about which team is the best. All right, so, but what if I told you in a group, in a room full of a thousand people that you didn't know, to everybody stand up if you 
were a follower of God and you were willing to stand up and just put your faith out there for everybody to see it. Who would, a lot of us would stand up, but who would think about it and maybe look around and see if other people start standing up? I, I mean, when I was younger, I would have. I would have been like, because I didn't want to stand out from everybody else. Well, here's the thing. Matthew, I got a scripture we're going to read. And it says this. This is Matthew 10, 22. And it says, And your namesake will be hated by all for my namesake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. Those words were in red. So who do you think was talking? Jesus was talking. That's right. Jesus was talking. He's telling his disciples that they will be hated for Jesus' name. Listen. We can come to church on Sunday morning and you might even be able to go to school and stand up and be strong for Jesus and everybody stands behind you and says, yeah, that's right. But there are places that you can go and there will be times in your life where when you stand up for Jesus and you stand up for what's right, people are going to treat you different. People might be mean to you or say mean things to you. As we see the world changing around us, more, the more people who stand up for Christ, the more people, the more those people get hated and said bad things about. And that's what the Bible tells us. Look, there's, if it's okay if in your life and you stand up for Jesus, somebody might say, I don't know why you want to stand up for Jesus. And you say, because He is my Savior and He died on a cross for my sins and rose again on the third day because he loves me. And, I, and you know what? We don't be mean to those people who are mean to us. You say, you know what? I would love to tell you about my Jesus because he is amazing. And just like we do, and we're proud for our football teams, I want you guys to be equally proud and be willing to go out into your schools, into the stores, into the places around, and stand up for Jesus no matter what people are going to say about you. A while ago, when I said I was a Duke fan, I knew somebody was going to throw rocks at me. And he's right there. And if he had a rock, he was going to throw rocks. He, he would have thrown them at me. Well, sometimes when you stand up for Jesus, people might literally throw things at you. People might call you names and do all kinds of things. But guess what? Do it anyway. Be loud and proud. Because the end of that verse says, He who endures to the end will be saved forever. That means if you know Jesus... You have a home in heaven one day. Isn't that awesome? That's, you have a reservation there and they're, they're waiting on you to check in. I think that's amazing. No matter what happens to you on this earth, that can always, that will always be a sure thing for you. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more when we go out. So let's bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for these boys and girls. Thank you for their, their in, in just for who they are and for that they love to be here on Sunday mornings to learn and to fellowship and spend time together in your name. Lord, give us the strength as we go out into the world to stand up for what it means to be a follower of you even when it seems like everybody else is against us. All this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, go sit. We go out.
think it's funny watching Chad try to wrangle cats. Thank you, choir, for singing that song. And today we are going to continue in the sermon series about the, the Apostles' Creed. And our next line in the Creed is, From there He will come to judge the living and the dead. So uh, if you will turn to our point in Scripture where we'll be starting, 2 Timothy 4, 1. Uh, just one verse is where we're going to be starting today, but there's going to be a lot of verses that we're going to be looking at. But if you will turn there to 2 Timothy and see what Paul writes to the young preacher Timothy and stand in the honor of reading of God's Word. As I read this, and this is what Paul writes, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by His appearing and His kingdom. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank You for what we see Paul writing and we thank You for the fact that we know that You're going to be returning. Dear Lord, bless the reading of Your Word and speak through me today. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ our Savior we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, in this case, here are the facts. Here are some things that we need to understand is that there's two types of judging. In today's society, every time anybody mentions anything of judging or somebody doesn't agree with someone, the first thing they say is, don't judge me. You can't judge me. Well, let's look at these two types of judging. The first is condemning. That is literally what a judicial court judge would do in pronouncing sentence on someone that is found guilty. When the Bible says, don't judge lest ye be judged, that is the type of judgment it's talking about. Okay, The condemning type of judgment. Pronouncing sentence on someone found guilty. The second type of, of judging is evaluating. This is the type of judgment or judging that you will find in a contest of some sort, whether it's a, a, a dog show or an animal show or a beauty contest or a talent, sh a talent show. I hate it when it does that. It scares me to death. But that's the judgment where you're comparing this person or the item being judged to a set of standards that has been accepted as the standards for that particular breed or beauty or whatever. This judgment is what we are encouraged as Christians to do with each other. Not because of our standards, but because of the standards of Jesus Christ. When we look at each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, it tells us to 
support each other. It tells us to hold each other accountable, not to our standards, but to God's. So we have to understand that. But the judgment that it's talking about in the creed is literally both of them together. We have to understand that Scripture tells us that when Christ returns, He is going to look at us and we're going to be judged upon our works, how well we met those standards. But it is also during that time that He is going to pronounce final judgment on those that have been found guilty. So it's both types of judgments that we're going to be talking about. But here's the thing that we have to understand is that every single person that has ever been born will at one point will all have to face the final judgment. See, Hebrews 9 verse 27 says this, Inasmuch as it is appointed for men to Die how many times? Once. There is nothing that we can do to change that. The only way that some of us are not going to die is if Jesus comes back. All the rest of us are going to die. There's only been two men in the entire Scripture, Old Testament, that did not die. Both of them... Scripture says that they were caught up in the air. They were just there, and then God took them. One was a very dramatic, because a chariot of fire came and swept him away, Elijah. But the other walked and talked with God every day, and one day he was out for a walk with God, and God just took him. That's what the Scripture says. He just took him. But everybody else is going to die. And every single one of us is going to have to face judgment. Now there's some disagreement among in some, in some churches, some theologians. There's some disagreement and confusion about who will be our final judge. Whether it's God the Father that will judge us or God the Son Jesus Christ that will judge us. In some instances, in some cults, some religions, they do not believe that Jesus was God. God's Son. So in their mind, God's going to be the judge. God the Father is going to be the judge because Jesus was not God. But we're going to look at some Scripture because there's both... We have to understand some things. First, God the Father will judge. Ecclesiastes 12.14 For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Who does it say that will do that? God. Isaiah 33.22 For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. 
The Lord is our King. He will save us. Then Romans 3, 5 and 6. But if our righteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? The God who inflicts wrath is not unrighteous. He is He. I am speaking in human terms. May it never be. For otherwise, how will God judge the world? Then 1 Peter 1.17 If you address the, as Father the one who, is impartial, who impartially judges according to each one's works, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. You remember in the Old Testament, when it uses Lord, that big L, Lord in the Old Testament, it is literally referring to God, to Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament. But if you remember also that when Moses was there at the burning bush and he was talking with God and he came face to face with God for the first time, God tells him that I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But he says, but you will know me in a new way. So, this God, Yahweh, the one that molded and shaped the world with His, with His voice, we understand in the Old Testament that He was seen as the lawgiver. He was seen as the judge. So yes, God the Father will judge us according to Scripture. But I want us to look at this. God the Son as judge. Jesus Christ as judge. 2 Corinthians 5.10 For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Whose judgment seat? Of Christ. Who sits on the, 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 the judgment seat? When you go to court, who's sitting up there on the bench, on the, the one that pronounces judgment? Who's sitting there? Who? The judge. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may recompense for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Then Revelation 20, verses 11 and 12. Then I saw a great white throne and Him who sat on it, whom, from whom's presence earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead and the great and the small standing before the throne. The books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. Last week we talked about the fact that Christ is sitting. Jesus was raised up and, and sitting at the right hand of the Father. And we looked at Scripture that proved that fact. And that He was given a name above all names. And that 
the earth and the world would pass before him, would run from him, and know where they could go was outside of his presence. He was raised up and glorified and given all authority in heaven and earth. Here we see that Jesus will be the judge. So how do we deal with the fact that some Scriptures say that God will judge us and other Scriptures say that Jesus will judge us? Well, here's the thing. Here's how this works. God the Father judges us through Jesus Christ the Son. See, we have to understand this, is that in His first coming, when Jesus Christ came as a babe, Jesus Himself says this, that He did not come as a judge. See John chapter 3, verse 17. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. <clears throat> See, in His first coming, Christ came so that we may avoid the penalty of sin. He came to give us a way of reconciling ourselves to God. But, on His second coming, when He comes back, He will come to judge us. He will first come to call us home, and then He will judge. 2 Timothy 4.1, the verse that we just read to start off the, the, our, our sermon today. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by His appearing and His kingdom. He will, when He returns, He will be coming as judge. But we have to understand also that God appointed Jesus as judge. God the Father appointed Jesus the Son as judge. Or it's been, yeah. Judgment has been given to the Son. John 5, 22-23 For not even the Father judges anyone, but He has given all judgment to the Son, so that all who honor the Son, even as they honor the Father, who, He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. But who does it say that God the Father gave judgment to? Jesus, the Son. And then the Son's judgment are in accordance to God's will. John 5.30 I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is not just, is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. There Jesus Himself says, I judge according to what the Father has set. What He has told me to do, what His will is, that's how I do my judgments. Is according to the Father's will. You remember, I know I talk about this a lot, but in the garden, Jesus prayed, don't let this, or let this cup pass from Me. Don't make Me have to do this. 
If there's any other way of, of bringing back, bringing salvation into the world, please let it happen that. But then Jesus adds one little line that changes the entire prayer. Not my will, but thy will be done. He does the will of the Father. And he was appointed by God as judge, Acts 10.42. And he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. And Acts 17.31, because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by, the, by raising him from the dead. And because Jesus was fully God and fully man, he is uniquely qualified to be our judge. See, from the very beginning, God had a plan. I have said this many times. Before He spoke the world into existence, even before Satan was cast, Lucifer was cast out of heaven, God had a plan. He created this earth. And when He saw that the earth was without form and void, He had a plan. When He breathed life into this lifeless shape that He had molded from the dust of the ground, He had a plan. The moment He took the rib and created Eve, He had a plan. The moment He told Adam, do not eat of this tree. He had a plan. The moment Eve took a bite, was, was deceived by Satan, by the serpent, and he, she took a bite and then took it and gave it to Adam. God had that plan. That plan was to send His Son, His only begotten Son, to come be born a helpless baby. To live on this earth. To walk among His creation. To give Himself as the perfect sacrifice. The perfect Passover Lamb. And to raise Him from the dead. To glorify Him and set Him at His right hand. Because in doing so, not only did He give us salvation, a way of becoming friends of God, of becoming righteous, to do what we could not do on our own. Not only that plan, but to have Jesus so uniquely qualified 
to judge us because He understands everything that we go through. He understands the temptation. He understands the struggles of this life. And He also understands about death because He has been there. He understands it all and He is uniquely qualified. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 8-11. through Being found in the appearance as a man, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name which is above every name, so that all at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in the heavens and on the earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, yes, Jesus is going to return. He promised us that He would return. Remember, He told them, He told His disciples, I have to go. And I have to go to prepare a place for you. But then also, when He ascended on the mountaintop, the angels or the men dressed in white, we don't know if they're angels or who they were, but the men dressed in white. And they said, men of Galilee, why are you sitting here staring at the sky? I can imagine this. Because Jesus had told them to go wait in Jerusalem. He said, wait until I give you a sign when what is promised comes to you, the Holy Spirit. And all these guys, and there's like 250 people up there on that mountaintop. And they're just watching Him disappear into a cloud. And it'd be like us. We're like, we wouldn't know what to do because we'd never seen anything like that. And the men say, why are you standing here gazing at the sky? He's coming back. The same way He went away, He's coming back. Now go do what He told you to do. Go. Go. I can just see that. He promised us He was coming back. And when He comes back, He's going to receive those who belong to Him. He's going to catch us up. He is going to Redeem us. And He's going to take us to be with Him. And you know, when He's sitting on that throne and He opens the Lamb book of life, He's going to look and He's going to say, paid for. Paid for. Paid for. Because our names are written down in that book. Those of us that have accepted Christ as our Savior, our names are written in that book. But there's going to be some people that are standing there. And he's going to say, you didn't accept it. I don't know you. Depart from me. And if you continue to read there in Revelations, it says 
that those people are going to be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death, to spend all eternity. But He, and He alone, is the one that pronounces that judgment. Not us. Him. And it's important that we understand that. That there is going to be a judgment. That there is going to be a penalty for how we choose to live. There's also going to be rewards for how we live. But it's nothing that we do in ourselves. It is all through Jesus Christ. So as we sing this song of invitation and we close our time here today, this is your opportunity to respond to what God is calling you to do. doesn't matter what it is. If God is dealing with you, don't wait. Don't hesitate. Whatever it is He's asking of you, whether it's He is calling you to salvation, you're not guaranteed a second opportunity. Don't leave this place without doing it. If it is coming to Him or coming and, and joining yourself with this congregation and becoming part of our church, don't wait. If it's you've got an issue with somebody else in this congregation right now, don't leave this place without getting that right. Or if it's just you need to pray, this is your opportunity to do whatever God's telling you to do as we sing this song right now. Would you stand as we sing hymn 410, It is well with my soul, 410. <coughs> When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, Thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well. With my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul, with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. We cannot leave without singing one of these verses. When Lord haste the day, when my faith shall be sight. Can you put that up there, Dan? That verse. There you go. Can we sing that verse to close out? And, and Lord haste the day when the faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my 
being here today. Thank you for, for listening. Don't forget that when we leave this place today, we as God's children, as His ambassadors, we're going out onto the mission field. I, I said this many times, I'm going to keep saying it. Remember who you belong to and act like it. Okay? Don't forget Wednesday night, we have play practice at 5.30, Bible study at 6.30, both for adults here in the sanctuary and youth and children in the, in the youth building. Don't forget about those and all the other things that we have coming up. I will let you guys know that we did have five people get certified to, to minister in the jails. All, everybody went and got their pictures taken yesterday, so we all have our IDs to be able to do that. And the first day, Jackie is when? Coming up for the, the ladies. Oh, she's out with the kids. Next Sunday? Next Sunday is there at the... At the uh, the law enforcement center there at the courthouse, those, that's where they house the, the ladies that are uh, there in jail, as well as some men that are awaiting trial. So that'll be next Sunday. The first group from our church will be going to minister that afternoon. So pray for them. And I'm going to ask Dan as our deacon of the week if he would come and dismiss us in prayer. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just first and foremost thank you, as always, to have a place to come and to, uh, just to worship you, dear, dear Lord, and fellowship together. Lord, I thank you for your grace and mercy. I thank you for your patience, dear Lord. Lord, I ask that if we just go out from these doors, that we just remember who we're supposed to be, that we're supposed to show who you are. Lord, and we just, we just do that. And Lord, that we just build each other up, edify each other, dear Lord, as we are walking through this life together and this uh, brotherhood and sisterhood together, dear Lord. Remember, we are a family. Sometimes we'll have fights, dear Lord, but Lord, we can always make it right as long as we remember who you are and we do it through your word and through you, dear Lord, and through the spirit. Lord, I thank you for this time. Lord, and I just say it is well with our soul, dear Lord. I pray that we just remember that and just thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.